0: Welcome everybody to Unleash Your Greatness, I'm Adam Platt. Today we're going to be talking about how to create a better version of yourself by having good habits and a positive mindset and having more energy in your life with my guest, Colleen Mitchell. We're going to get right into that discussion right after I queue up the intro. The question people often ask themselves is, is there more for me out there? Am I capable of more, of doing more, being more, and having greater success in this life? The answer to that question is yes. I believe that everybody has greatness within themselves, and that success leaves clues. And if we can take those clues, we can unlock the greatness within ourselves. I'm Adam Platt, and welcome to Unleash Your Greatness. Welcome everybody to Unleash Your Greatness, and today I have my guest's uh, speaker on is Colleen Mitchell and she is an author she is a podcaster herself she is a speaker a life coach and she also works in the power industry and she has a fascinating story about how she has overcome uh, losing weight as a type 1 diabetic and so we're going to uh welcome her to the show thanks colleen for being here
1: thank you for having me on adam it's awesome to be here
0: yeah i'm excited to have our little discussion about uh what you've been able to go through In your life to I guess overcoming not overcoming but getting your diabetics under control uh, and and losing weight you know that's that's quite a feat in so many ways so uh, I guess I want to turn the time over to you and kind of tell your backstory who is Colleen how did you get to where you are being a life coach and an author a podcaster and uh, why are you passionate about doing the things that you do
1: yeah so let's start off with the diabetes. I was diagnosed when I was two years old. So this is the only thing I have ever known. Uh, it's been over 25 years with type one diabetes and something a lot of people don't know is that there, there's actually a difference between type one and type two diabetes. Most diabetes is type two, like 90 to 95%, but that five to 10% is type one. And type one means that our pancreases don't produce any insulin at all. And so when people usually hear you can reverse your diabetes, that's type two, type one has no cure. So I have to take insulin. Uh, I have to, I wear an insulin pump. I wear a continuous glucose monitor. So I do all of that to take care of my diabetes because it is not curable and it is only controllable, but for the first 22, 23 years of my diabetes, because it was uh, in 2016 that I reached my highest weight for those first years, it was gain weight, gain weight, gain weight. weight. Mm. And because of the diet that I had been taught, which is the standard American diet, I was always taught you can't not eat carbs. And so I just steadily kept gaining weight until I hit 225 pounds and I'm five foot eight. So that's a lot of weight on this frame. And at that point, when I reached that weight, it was also wreaking havoc with my blood sugars. So I was Skyrocketing up to over 400 MGDL and crashing down to less than 40. Wow. And for a, a normal non-diabetic, you want to be around 83. And if you go over 140, it damages your body. Oh my. So these wild swings were happening all of the time. And I have, a, I have an amazing graph actually from my continuous glucose monitor that shows the difference between the high carb diet and the days right after I switched to low carb. Because I I had done all this research into low carb and I had seen other success stories from other type one diabetics that had done this and they had immediately like stabilized their blood sugars. They had immediately started losing weight. And so I tried it. I, I reached that 225 pounds and reached that personal level of disgust <laughs> <laughs> and just decided that the next day I was gonna go low carb. And that's what I did. I had, I think less than 20 grams of carbs the next day Mm. and my blood sugars were immediately the most stable I had ever seen them in my life. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Cause this, if my blood sugars are this good while I'm eating this way, I can't touch carbs anymore. And I like saying that I started for my blood sugars, but I stayed for the weight loss because Mm. since then I've lost over 65 pounds. And I still have like another twenty-five ish to go. That's just my personal goal. But the uh-huh. fact that I can look back at those pictures from five, six years ago and see how fat I was and how uncomfortable I looked—I hated having pictures taken of myself. Being able to look back and then see the comparison between then and what I am like now—it's amazing. And that—that wow. that, like what the, that confidence that I've learned from that has translated into all the other different areas of my life.
0: That's awesome. So. What what a what a journey of and and remind me were you born with diabetic this type of, uh, one diabetes no so
1: so um, that's actually interesting because type one diabetes it requires having a genetic pedigree so mm-hmm. you need to have history of it in your family or at gotcha. least autoimmune history and you need to have a leaky gut and mm-hmm. my my endocrinologist loves talking about all of that because all autoimmune starts in the gut and mm-hmm. if you're eating like highly inflammatory things that's going to cause more of leaky gut but right. you also need a pedigree. And it turns out that my dad's side of the family, almost every single person has some kind of autoimmune. And mm. I was the lucky one who got diabetes. Everybody yeah. else does something different. So <laughs> I have diabetes. So it's yeah. not from birth, but I was diagnosed when I was two.
0: Okay, okay. So pretty young.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know nothing else.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you you fall. You're, you're young, and of course, your parents are trying to help you the best way they can. They take the advice of all these doctors saying uh, you know, do this, eat lots of carbs, things like that. And you do that and you're just having these crazy spikes up and down, up and down, uh, you gain weight. And then when you decide like, I'm going to cut the carbs down to like super low amounts, everything changes for you. And I love the fact that you say, you know, you, you, number one, you lost weight. You probably feel a ton better because one, you're lighter, right? Like that always helps to get some of that weight off of our bodies and we don't have to carry that around but also you probably have more energy you're more um, able to focus because when you so in your situation when you have like a leaky gut or things like that uh, the gut is such a huge factor in our overall health of our body right Um, it affects our our weight our I mean everything it affects our mind it affects you know our focus all those types of things And so I imagine when you kind of got that under control, like you had this big, like, oh my gosh, like I feel better. I have more energy. I can focus. I can do things. I like, how has that changed your life? Like, I mean, you, you got more confidence. You said you feel better about how you look, which is awesome and and always a great thing. But what else has it done to affect your life to have all that?
1: Well, I get up at four in the morning and if you had known me in college, you, I would have been that person staying up until one in the morning and getting up at like seven for an eight o'clock class. And now I willingly get up at 4am Wow!
0: Awesome.
1: <laughs> and people think I'm crazy that I do that, but it's <laughs> honestly because I like the morning hours are, are my creative time. It's yeah. my quiet time. When I get to, to read the Bible, I get to do some self-coaching, I get to create and just be with myself. Mm-hmm. And when I was that much heavier, like 65 pounds heavier, I just didn't have the energy to do that. Even if I went to bed at like seven, eight o'clock, I would be getting up at six or seven and still feeling tired and lethargic. But when all of that weight is off and there's still more to go, so maybe I'll get up at three in the morning later, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But when all of that is off, it, it just lets me feel good about getting up. I mean, I have my, my, um, my alarm is on the dresser, so I have to actually physically get out of bed to do that. Yeah it's just it's amazing the differences in your mindset because i think it also changes the brain chemistry of how you think sure. when you're not swimming in carbs and all of the inflammatory stuff that's going on because i i can get more done i feel better doing it and i don't judge myself as much when i'm yeah. when i'm this weight when then when i was that weight
0: yeah Yeah, that's uh, super interesting that you brought up a few points I kind of just want to touch on. Number one is inflammation. There's been a ton of studies in the last, I don't know, five or so, 10 years about inflammation and how that's like one of the secret killers of the the body, right? Like inflammation is a huge deal. And I don't think a lot of people give a lot of attention to getting rid of the inflammation in their body. and, And inflammation can be caused by what we eat it could be caused by our exercise and not taking care of our um uh you know our how we what's the word i'm looking for uh recuperate i guess after workout um things like that stress levels yeah yeah stress levels exactly so um there's a lot of things that affect inflammation but they're finding that inflammation is such a huge factor in our health and they're yeah, actually Relating it or um, linking it to like things like cancer and just overall wellness of your body, uh, your gut, your all those types of things. And so I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing that I've really uh, tried to focus on in the last little while is getting inflammation under control in my body. Because I go out and I run, and so I get inflammation in my muscles and and things like that after my workouts. And uh, you know I'm not I'm not perfect, I'm not great, but I try to help do things, you know, uh, take, you know, some cold showers here and there after my workouts to kind of get the inflammation out and things like that. And uh, a big thing is food, right, is like dairy, uh, gluten, uh, those types of things that you hear a lot of people saying they get off and they feel so much better. It's because the inflammation isn't as relevant or as prevalent in their body because of those things. So, um, and yeah. also sugar. Sugar, yeah. That's another one. You're right. Sugar
1: is one of the big, big ones. And that was yeah. my problem with sugar because yeah. I was eating honestly in college. Some of my meals were like just homemade flour tortillas, and that was it. So wow. you can imagine how how terrible <laughs> my body was in college.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So much inflammation.
0: Right. And and you're right, sugar is a, a huge factor in there. And and I don't think that we have to eliminate everything like that out of our diet but we need to use it in moderation and be, be mindful mm-hmm. of that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. You brought that up. I, I like also that you get up early. Uh, let's talk about that for a minute because I love early mornings as well. That's kind of my, my go-to time as well for, I don't get up at four. I used to get up at four, uh, last year, a lot more than this year. Uh, but I get up at five, usually five, five thirty nowadays. Um, and, that is my quiet time. Like that's my time when, like you say, I can come out and I can uh, focus on myself, my personal development, my, I I meditate, I try to exercise, I try to uh, read some self-help book or jump on and uh, devour some online courses or something like that. And I find that in the morning when it's quiet before the kids, I have five kids And so before all the kids get up, it's so much easier to focus and the world just seems a lot more quiet, right? It's there's less noise. um, And so I don't know what what kind of have you found has been most beneficial to getting up early besides doing the personal development stuff. But what do you love most about getting up early? Because I think early risers, they have a different perspective on personal development. And and I know that everybody's different. Like you say, people think you're crazy for getting up at four. My wife thinks I'm crazy for getting up at five. She's not an early riser. Um, but I, I really do see the benefit of it, honestly. So I'd like to pick your brain a little bit more on the getting up early and, and doing, you know, creating good habits around that. Hey, it's Adam Platt, and I just wanted to jump in here real quick and say, if you're ready to really unleash the greatness within yourself today, and you're ready to surround yourself with like-minded people who are going to help you grow and cheer you you on towards your goals to higher success and achievement, then I've created a free community called Unleash Your Greatness with Adam Platt on Facebook. Come and join that community. It's free. You can come and join today, and uh, it's Again, it's called Unleash Your Greatness with Adam Platt and people on that community are going to help. I'm in there. I'm going to be commenting and giving free resources on things that can help you grow and succeed in life. So come join today and we will see you on the inside.
1: Well, part of it is a spiritual practice. So I um ever since 2019, I've been I read the Bible every year. Mm. And so I've done that uh, I read the Bible from start to finish 2019 and 2020. And so this year and next year I'm doing the whole Bible in two years because I'm doing it a little bit differently where I read um, the old Testament and the new Testament at the same time with Psalms and Proverbs. Mm. And so you're going through the whole Bible in multiple different ways in two years. And part of the, um, part of my morning practice is reading the Bible. So I have that spiritual connection. And when I was in college, um, so I grew up Lutheran and um, when I got into college, that kind of fell away and I kind of felt that faith hole And that, that stayed with me through my first job until I lost that first job and then moved to, um, moved in with my in-laws. And then I joined a church, uh, where I live now and going to church regularly started, started to kind of bring it back. And then I decided to read the Bible in a year. And I think that decision really helped with the whole, um, getting more connected to my spiritual side and connected to my faith and keeping that has really helped because, in at the end of 2019, uh, my dad passed away and it was completely unexpected. It was wow. a shock to all of us. It was, uh, it was a heart issue that he hadn't told us about. And so like, yet, ha- having gotten connected to my faith before that happened and having gotten exposure to life coaching and the self-coaching model from the life coach school, having yeah. those two things helped me not turn into like having this ruin my life. It helped me figure out that I am in control of what I think, feel, and do, and it is okay to feel upset about the things that happen, but I don't have to stay with it. I don't have to keep uh, making myself suffer because of how I'm thinking about things. Yeah. And it was honestly, it was one of, the, um, one of the most comforting things was knowing that my dad was also a believer. And so just kind of being able to use my morning time to reconnect to the faith, my faith in the Bible, it, it brings that relationship back. Mm. And so that's kind of part of why I do that is to get that spiritual connection. And then the other piece is again, working on like my self-improvement and I'm going through life coach certification right now. So morning times is when I work on some of that. It's just, it all, it all fits together with how I want to do things. And it also helps that I get up at four in the morning because I have a full-time job and the morning is kind of one of the only times when I can fit in everything else.
0: Right. And that's, yeah, I I agree. Uh, my morning also involves some spiritual, uh, you know, whether it's communion with my higher power, I call him father in heaven, um, or reading the scriptures or, or whatever it may be. So I, I, I definitely have, Part of that in my morning routine as well, and uh, I'm I'm just when I when I was getting up at four, I was the same as you. I had a full time job, and it's only been a year that I have quit my full time job, and now I'm like, well, I'm gonna sleep in a little bit longer. You know, I'll sleep until five o'clock. But um, so yeah, I was getting up at four as well when I had a full time job, and I'd get up, and first thing I would do is. Uh, I would go for a, a run, like a two, three mile run just to get like my body awake and going. And then I'd come home and I would start doing my meditation and my my reading and my scripture study and, and things like that. And, and it really was a powerful time and it, it still is a powerful time. I still do those things. I just do it at five now instead of four. But um, I, I love going out. And it's just so quiet in the morning, especially when I'm, like, on my runs. Like, everything is just quiet. The earth is quiet. The world is quiet. There's not a lot of people out and about. And uh, it's just nice to be alone in your thoughts and focus on, like you were saying, uh, you know, that communication with uh, your higher power or whatever that may be for whoever you are, right? Uh, For some people, it's nature or whatever. But just that connection that we can have in that moment. So... Um, I, I love that. And congratulations on working on being certified as a life coach. That's that's amazing. I think that's great. So Thank um, you. yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, so you you've lost all this weight, you feel better, you've got this morning routine, which is, uh, you know, a great habit to have. Uh, I think it's so important for people to set up good habits in their life. And you being a diabetic, I'm sure you have like, you've got habits that you've got to hold to, or you just, you know, one, you can get really sick or die, right? Uh, Two, you just are, you just got to take care of yourself. But how important do you think it is to set up those really good habits that serve us and to get rid of the habits that don't serve us? Because I kind of want to get your take on that because we've been talking about morning routines, habits, things like that. So uh, what do you, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think it's incredibly important to decide how you want your, how you want to live your life and then take those steps to make that happen. So if, if you're not setting up those habits to take care of yourself, then you're just setting yourself up for failure later. Like I could, I could just completely ignore putting on my sensor when it expires and it's every 10 days I need to change it. And I could just ignore it and let it go for a couple of days, but then I would feel terrible. I wouldn't know what my blood sugar is. I would be chasing things instead of just knowing what it is, even if sometimes the numbers might make me upset, which Mm. again, that's the thought that's the numbers themselves don't make me upset. My thoughts about them do, (laughs) but after so long with having type one diabetes and have been like having gone through what it is like to, to live with my blood sugars out of control, that is the incentive for me to have good habits, to take care of myself. Because if I don't, then I know what the consequences. And I just, I, I think it's a really, it's a really good idea to identify what you want out of life and to make it happen and not let someone else tell you that you can't and not let yourself tell you that you can't, because sometimes we are our own worst enemies.
0: Oh yeah. 95% of the time, I think we're our own worst enemies. <laughs> Probably. I think we're our biggest critic. I think we're our worst enemy when it comes to holding ourselves back from living the life we want. Like you said, I love that you just talked about uh, figuring out what you want and then set up the habits and the things that you need to, to do to make that that happen in your life. So um, yeah, that's...
1: And it's uh, also important not to, not to get overwhelmed. So if you choose like a really big goal for your life, and then you just sit in the overwhelm that it's such a big goal, you're never going to take action on it. So I think I listened to one of your earlier episodes about breaking things down mm-hmm. and just like have to have those huge impossible goals, but don't let it sit at that level, break it down until it reaches the smallest point that yeah. you can possibly like feel comfortable with and then take that step. Yep. Because when people don't do that, they just, they don't do anything. Cause they think it's, it's too small or something like that. If they break it down that far and that they shouldn't have to break it down that far.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, and thanks for bringing that up. That's, that's true. I think a lot of people are are one scared to set big goals for themselves because they are like, there's no way I can do that. And, you know, and and probably the episode you're referring to is where I talked about how I ran a thousand miles last year and how I broke that. And for most people, they're like, I'm, there's no way I could run a thousand miles. Well, I couldn't run a thousand miles in a day. Right. But in a year I could, and that was doable. And it's when I broke it down into those steps, like you were saying and said, you know, if I want to run a thousand miles, there's 52 weeks, it's less than, it's like 19 miles a week. If I run five days a week, it's like four miles a day. Like that's pretty doable for me, you know, for other people that may not be, and that's fine. I get that. But what if you set a goal to run, I don't know, you know, 20 miles in a month or, or whatever, right? Like you, you can set a goal, whatever that big goal is for you, that's going to stretch you. And then you can break it down into smaller steps. And most people are like, I can't do that goal because they feel that they can't do it today. But the thing is we can grow into our goals, right? We can lean into them. We can grow and we can take steps every day to work on them. So, uh, thanks for bringing that up. That's awesome. Uh, that you, you remembered that. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. But yeah, uh, you know, goals, goals are so important. And that is, you know, I'm an achievement coach. And so one of my main focuses is, okay, let's set goals. How do we achieve them? How do we make a plan to get there and just taking daily action to set ourselves up for success. And part of that is having those habits like you were talking about that, uh, that serve us and trying to get rid of the most we can, uh, the habits that don't serve us. Cause we all have those as well. The, the, little things that, uh, might mess us up or, you know, uh, today I'm going to sleep in for an extra 20 minutes or whatever, right? Like getting rid of those, those habits as much as possible that don't serve us and replacing them with habits that do is, is critical. I think so. Like you we look did like a you
1: podcast went, episode on, um, bad diabetes habits. Oh yeah, and like how to quit doing them, and some of them I still do because let's be honest, they're some of them are just going to stick with us for a while. Yeah. But one of the biggest bad habits that type one diabetics have is not changing their lancet, and that's on. Uh, there's a little poker that you use to mm-hmm. prick your finger to uh-huh. draw blood, so it goes on the blood glucose meter. And most diabetics don't change that like at all. Oh, <laughs> you could go years without changing it. It's disgusting, but it's wow. a, it's a bad habit because our doctors tell us you're supposed to change it after every time you poke and it's, it you just don't do it because it's a hassle and they don't care. I don't know. That's just, that's just one of the bad habits that type one diabetics have. I don't, I don't actually use a poker that often anymore because my uh, CGM is factory calibrated. So I don't Mm. have to test if I don't want to. Yeah, that is nice. But when I do, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I would imagine if you're not changing that little poker out, you're just opening yourself up for a lot of bacteria and things to get in your body when I mean, it's just a breeding ground well, for it's bacteria. N- not right? just
1: that; it's also you end up with calluses on your fingers. So I'm holding my fingers up to the camera for Adam to see, but uh, it's like little calluses from where I keep poking. And every time you poke, it dulls the blade a little bit more, which is uh, mm. yeah. When you think about it, it takes not more great. and
0: more effort to get through that skin. Yeah. But,
1: mm-hmm.
0: mm. Yeah, uh, and 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 I think lots of times people think that habits are these big things that we always have to change. But to me, like changing that little poker is, uh, and I, I realize it's a hassle, but it's not a big deal probably. I, I mean, I don't know what it involves. I've never seen anyone actually do it. Um,
1: it's super easy. All you do is you take the cap off and like, like uh, eject the needle and then put a new one in it, That's it.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> there's it, literally, it literally no reason yeah, we shouldn't be doing it. 10 seconds and you're done. Right. Uh, but lots of times people are thinking like, okay, I need to create all these big habits. And they try to, they try to do all these new habits at once. And that's where lots of times people fail is, you know, they'll read a book and be like, okay, I'm going to get up at five o'clock. I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And they try to implement all these things at once. And then they get overwhelmed. They're like, oh, this is too much. I'm, you know, just take one thing, implement it, turn it into a habit. So it becomes routine. So it becomes, you know, where it's just second thought, right? Or not even second thought. It's just you know, you just do it and then implement the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And that's really how like good habits are formed is just take it one day at a time, do one thing at a time. And, uh, before you know it, it's, it's, it's a habit, it's serving you and, and you just, you don't even think about it anymore. So,
1: um, I like that you mentioned that because a habit that I like to use as an example is turning on a light. When you go into a room, we don't realize that's a habit. But every time you go into a room and you want the light on, you flip the light switch. And then when the power is out, you still flip the light switch, (laughs) even though you know the power is out because that habit is so strong and so ingrained. And that's what we want to do with the rest of our our habits through life is make them as ingrained as turning on a light switch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I love that because once you can turn those habits so ingrained and, and good habits, right. We're talking about good habits here, not the bad ones, but um, yeah, when we, we, ingrain those good habits into our daily life that they're just, you know, they're just second nature. It's like, yeah, it's, it's so simple. Like you just do it and, and you don't even have to think about it. So yeah,
1: um, I get up, I check my blood sugar on my pump, not my, not my meter on my pump, but that's, that's a habit that I've basically created for my diabetes management is I get up, I check my blood sugar. That's a really poor habit for diabetics.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine they get up and they, Kind of do like most people do in the morning. Most people don't set an intention for the morning for what they want to get done, right? They they get up. They're like, okay, I'm going to get ready for work or pack my lunch or, or whatever, right? And they don't set an intention for what they really need to do in the morning to get themselves set up for success throughout the day. So uh, I think setting that intention. And I always like to try to set the intention the night before like get the things out that I need, like uh, my journals, my things like that. I set them in the spot where I know I'm going to be doing my morning stuff. Uh, if I'm going to work out, I get my exercise clothes out so that it's, they're ready to go. So in the morning I don't have to, one, open drawers up and stuff and wake my wife up. But two, uh, I don't even have to think about it. So set yourself up for success uh, the night before. Set the intention and then just, just do the work. So, and make it, make it a habit, like you say, like, turn on the light switch. Every time you go in, you just do it. And uh, before long, it's, it's just ingrained and it's awesome. So uh, yeah, I love that. Th- that's some great insight that you just shared. So perfect. Um, so tell me a little bit more about your coaching and what is your main focus? So life coaching is pretty broad and that's great. Uh, lots of people can find benefit in any area of their life through life coaching. Um, but what is your favorite topic when it comes to life coaching? What's your, what's your big, everybody has their thing, right? Like it's productivity or it's habits or it's uh, goal setting or it's relationships or, or whatever. What's your, your jam when it comes to coaching?
1: Mine is mindset. So yeah. I have seen over and over again, the evidence that how we think about things determines how we experience them. So if you have crappy thoughts about your life, about your job, about your family, about everything. You're going to have a crappy experience. Right. And if you confuse and deliberately think differently, then you're going to change your results. You're going to change how you experience life. And that's especially true for type one diabetics, because mm-hmm. a lot of the times people are living at the, like at the effect of their conditions. My podcast is on type one diabetes. It's called, this is type one. And at the end of every episode, we say, remember you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. And a lot of people are living as if they are controlled by their diabetes. They are controlled by their invisible illness, their, their chronic condition or whatever, but that is never the case. We can, we end up giving our power away to this thing instead of taking that power back. And if we change our mindsets about it, if we change how we think about our conditions, then we get to take that power back and create whatever we want in our life, despite our conditions. That's, that's what I like to focus on is the the mindset of the thinking piece of it is, how we get to think about things yeah. is how we're going to experience life.
0: And you just, you just hit on one of my hot topics too. I, I love mindset. That's, that's one of my big things as well. So uh, we could, we could probably have a whole episode just centered around mindset. Uh, I, I, I love it. My, my last episode actually uh, that I just shot that we'll be releasing uh, this next week uh, is all about mindset. So, um and Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tony Robbins says the mindset or yeah, mindset, your, your psychology is 80% of your success. And I truly believe that. So, um, like everything you said, what you focus on is going to come more into your life. It grows, right? What you focus on grows. We hear that all the time, but it really is true. And, uh, whether you're focusing on the negative or positive, my wife and I right now are doing a deep dive into think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. And, uh, it's been really quite interesting because, um, you know, we've read it before, but now we've got like a workbook, like we work through it. We, we read a chapter, we go in, we do all the work, like, you know, uh, sit the intention and, and, and all the things. And, uh, you know, part of the, one of the chapters he talks a lot about, uh, your mind is like a garden and it, you can either grow something that's beneficial or you can grow weeds in it. And those weeds are the negative, things that we focus on and so uh, I truly do believe that. So and uh a lot of people they underestimate what their mind can do, I think. So it's really, really, really powerful that you teach a lot of that in your coaching. And yeah, I truly believe that it is a, a huge factor in our success. So an achievement. Um so yeah, let's um I actually Let's talk a little bit more about mindset. Like we could we could go dive deep more into that. Uh, we've been, my wife and I and another uh, gentleman, we kind of have this little mastermind group that we've got going on. And we've been talking a lot about money and stuff because we are doing like Napoleon Hill and, and things. And he sent me a uh, Bob Proctor video the other day. And kind of like what you were saying, like your mind, you, you control your mind, right? It doesn't control you. And you've just got to set that that per, or have that perspective that I control my thoughts. I can control who I am, what I want to do, what I want to focus on. And this this video he sent me was talking about money. Bob Proctor's big on on money, and uh, he says that um, money is you are not the slave of money. You are control of money. And I think a lot of people, and again, this all kind of ties into mindset, right? They think that. Money is the slave, right? Like if I don't have money, uh, I'm always scrambling, I'm working, I'm trying to get more money and and things like that. And people become a slave to money. Like their worries, their focus is so much on they don't have money. Instead of being like, you know, I control the flow of money. I control where the money comes from because I have that control. And I think that's really powerful because it goes back to exactly what you just said is we can control that even something like money, like we can control the flow of money. Like I honestly believe that we can manifest it. We can create ways of generating it and and making it flow through our lives. And it's that way with anything, with relationships, with energy, with, uh, any of those types of things, we just have to be open to it and be willing to, uh, have the right mindset when it comes to it. So I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I'd love to pick your brain on that for a minute.
1: Yeah. Um, So I read a book called the soul of money. Hmm. Um, I didn't like some of it for other reasons, but in essence, it was, you were able to turn on and off the faucet of uh, money into your life. And I thought it was really interesting how they talked about that, because when you try to control the how of things, then you actually turn yourself off to opportunities to receive it in different ways so we like to we like to be in control of how things happen when things come into our lives what other people do but in reality we have we don't have control over any of that unless we start to release that expectation of the how and start being open to all of the different ways that things can happen right. and i've i've seen this happen a couple times where i am just so focused on how i'm going to do something and as soon as i release that how it comes to me or as soon as i release the the desire for control over something or someone else that like the thing that I wanted actually starts to come into my life. And it's just so fascinating how that works.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a great point that you bring up is when you try to control the outcome instead of being open to things, just flowing to you the way they're supposed to. And that doesn't mean that you can't do the work. Right. I think people get confused by like, uh, if I get lost in the how, then things won't happen for me. And so I'm going to sit here and just do nothing. Right but that never works. (laughs) No, that never works. You still have to take action. What really happens is you have to be open to the inspiration. Like you just said, that when you're working on something, be like, Oh, I wonder if I just tweak this or if I do this, or if I reach out to this person, then maybe I can get uh, something to happen. Right. And then when those inspirationals come to us, then we just have to take action on them.
1: And, yeah, it's being in in experimental energy instead of neediness.
0: Right. Yeah. And I agree 100%. My wife and I have experienced that so many times in our, our life. And it always seems like whenever we uh, just are open to, you know, there's been multiple times where we're like, we just, we don't know how we're going to pay this bill. We don't know how things are going to work out. But we just have faith that things are going to work out. And then something will come up uh, in our life and we'll get, uh, a check or we'll get, you know, like a rebate or like craziest things. Like it literally is just amazing. Or, um, I, I used to do tile for a living. And so someone will like reach out to me and be like, Hey, I'm wondering if, uh, you still want to do this tile job. Like, you know, we have no idea how we're going to, and this has been multiple, multiple times over the last, uh, 20 years that we've been married. Uh, that things like that have happened where it's just like we don't know how we're going to afford Christmas this year. And then all of a sudden somebody comes out and says, hey, uh, I need some tile work done. You want to do it for me? And I'm like, yeah. And I get an extra thousand bucks or whatever to do their tile work. And now all of a sudden we have money for Christmas. And it, it just happens all the time. Uh, and I, I believe that you're right. Like when you don't focus so much on what do I got to do? I, I need to go and, and uh, create this awesome sales letter and and put it out there and people are gonna buy stuff and you know, you when you try to control that. Now you can have hope and faith and you can take action on those inspirations as they come, but uh lots of times it may not be the full answer to what you're looking for and what you need. So yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that you brought that up. Um I think that and I think it's that way with anything, right? And money is just a great example because it's so tangible that you can, you can kind of quantify it, but it's that way with relationships. It's that way with, uh, you know, career or job opportunities. It's that way with, with anything. When you're just open to those things, people will come into your life that, uh, will help support you or give you an opportunity to go and do something awesome. So, uh, that's, that's great. And it really does come down to mindset, like just, just having that right mindset and being aware of that. So yeah, that's, that's. And
1: also not being afraid to experiment with different mindsets. Like if, if you try something that something if that somebody suggested and it doesn't work, don't keep trying to make it work, just move on to something else. There's plenty of different people out there with different methodologies, different teaching methods and different tactics. So if you, yeah. if you find something that you like, then, and it works for you, stick with it. Doesn't mean you have to right. keep trying other things. Yeah.
0: So I, the way I, I kind of relate mindset is because um, I believe that there's three basic types of mindset that people get caught in. And the first one is victim mindset. And we all know those people, right? Oh, woe is me, poor me. It's, you know, everybody hates me. The world picks on me. Uh, you know, they're, they're a victim to everything and everybody, right? It's someone else's fault. It's someone else's fault. Exactly. It's my boss's fault that I don't have the pay raise. It's my boss's fault that I or it's my wife's fault that I, we're not happy it's my you know it's whatever right it's always someone else's fault the other mindset is the survival mindset and when I say survival mindset I don't mean someone that survived like something traumatic in your life but you're just trying to survive in life so those are like the Eeyores right that you you meet on the street or you work with you're like hey how's it going oh, it's okay right uh, I'm okay I'm here I'm alive uh, you know, those are that's survivor mindset. Like they're just going through the motions. They get up, they go to work, they come home, they watch TV, they go to bed, they get up and do it again. Right. They just are survivors, uh, survivor mindset. And then there's the hero mindset. And that's exactly what you were just talking about. Uh, because if you look at like superheroes or anybody in any major book or anything like that, right, they all have their faults. They're not perfect. Uh, Superman, Batman, uh, Iron Man, all these heroes, even Harry Potter or or anybody, Luke Skywalker, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like any hero, right? They're not perfect yet. They, uh, they go out and they do the work and they all have their thing, uh, that they could say holds them back. Like Superman gets stabbed with kryptonite. Well, he could say, "Oh, I'm, I'm done. I don't have my powers. No, he gets up. He figures out a way to still push forward. And, uh, and sometimes what they do doesn't work and they have to adjust like you just said, right? Sometimes they're fighting some bad guy or they're trying to save the world and what they're doing is not working and they have to adjust and, and overcome. So uh, I love that. And uh, I think if we can all be more in the hero mindset of I'm just going to get up, I'm going to keep conquering, keep doing my best, get up every day and make the day as best as I can, then uh, that's, that's really where... We want to be in life, so and not focus so much on the, the victim and survivor mindset. And we all we all kind of slide back and forth in some of those, right? I try not to go into victim mindset, but there are days where I'm like, man, this sucks. Some some forces against me. Uh, but then I try to snap myself out of that as fast as possible and be like, you know what? No, I can I can focus on that, or I can focus on something that's going to serve me. And, uh, yeah, just having that perspective. So, uh, yeah, mindset, man, we could talk mindset for hours, but, um, it's, it's awesome. I love mindset. So I want to, excuse me. I want people who want to reach out to you and know more about your coaching and what you can do to help them. Where can they find you? And I know you also have a book that you have out that, uh, I want to talk about what's the name of your book again, so that everybody can know what that book is.
1: Well, there's, there's two. So there's um, the book that I have on my website, which is my ebook. That one is called feed the good wolf. And it's, it's basically all of the um, adulting tips, advice, things that I wish that I had had when I was growing up. And a lot of it is some of the coaching material that I have absorbed and and learned and now teach to my clients. So that one is available on my website, which is inspiredforward.com. And that's the place you can find, basically find pretty much any way to contact me is on that website. And then the other book is um, a book that I'm writing. It's a novel. Um, I'm in edits right now, and it's going to my editor at the end of this month, which is February. Awesome. And that's called The Blood of Renova, which is a working title. And that's like uh, high fantasy, epic fantasy, um, kind of King Arthur, Harry Potter, Narnia, all mushed into one thing. Nice. Magic. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Flying cats. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: so that one awesome. is uh, hopefully going to be published at the end of the year. But that's, those are two different things. So two different books.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. So, um, the, the, the ebook, the feed, the, the good wolf
1: feed the good wolf. Yeah.
0: I'm assuming is based on the, the Indian, um, it is uh, story of the, you know, the two wolves, everybody has two wolves inside of them, the good and the bad and, and whatever one we feed. Right. And that really comes back yep. down to mindset, right. Uh, focus exactly. on the good. So, uh, awesome. Uh, and so you have your website and is that the best way that people can reach out to you and and learn more about you as well as possibly get a hold of you if they want to know more about your life coaching?
1: Yes, inspiredforward.com and anybody can email me uh, Colleen at inspiredforward That's just C O L L E E N and then at inspired
0: Awesome. So um that's fantastic and Those who are listening, please reach out. I will make sure to put all those links in the description of the podcast or YouTube, depending on where you're watching or listening to this episode. And uh, reach out to Colleen. And if you feel like you could use a little bit of help with your mindset or just like life in general, like that's what life coaching is all about is helping people with goals or relationships or uh, weight loss or energy like Colleen uh, has created so much more energy in her life because she's gotten her uh, diabetes under control and and found secrets that has helped her but if uh, her story and her message resonates with you please reach out to her go out and contact her go to our website and uh, and get a hold of her so uh, Colleen I would always like to kind of end my episodes with this question and it is if there's one to maybe three things you think someone needs to do to unleash the greatness within themselves what would those things be
1: I actually have three so the first one is uh, self-confidence so building nice. your self-confidence that's trusting yourself and honoring your integrity to follow through on your dreams so practicing self-confidence putting yourself into situations where it's scary and then doing it anyway yeah. that helps build the self-confidence number two would be willingness to fail so failing is it's re- literally the only way that people become successful because we learn from those failures of what not to do and that sometimes can be more important than knowing what to do because a lot of things don't work and a lot of things will. And failure is the only way to find out which one is which. So fail, fail more. It's not, it's not a problem to fail.
0: Yeah. Awesome.
1: And then the third one is accepting that you don't know it all and you are not supposed to. I don't think that being great is about knowing it all. It's about the willingness to reinvent yourself, to evolve yourself concept and become the person that you would be proud of when you're on your deathbed. So be that person.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I love all three of those. I agree full heartedly with all of them. I endorse them. Uh, th- those are, those are great. So self-confidence, be willing to fail, learn from your failures. And I think the important thing with failure is learn from it. Like don't just try to do it again. Like, it's not going to work. Like if it failed once, it's probably not going to work. You got to change and adjust and adapt, uh, like you said, and reinvent yourself if you have to. Um, and that doesn't mean you don't, you're not trying to be someone you're not. You just, you change for the better, right? And then, uh, yeah, just, yeah, awesome. So um, great points. Uh, thank you for sharing those. And uh, I appreciate your perspective and your insights and your story is amazing. The fact that you are able to just create so much more uh, energy in your life and get your health under control with such a, I would say most people would say such a hard, uh, you know, health issue to overcome. That's not an easy thing to do. I I don't know if I could be a diabetic. I tell my wife all the time. I do not like needles. So, um, if I ever become a diabetic, I joke around that I'll probably have to die because I just don't know if I could do it. But,
1: um, Oh, you would, you (laughs) would get used to needles real fast.
0: I'm sure (laughs) I just said needles are that, that is one of my biggest fears and I try to overcome it and they just, it keeps. Yeah. So I will tell
1: you something though. It is, it's different <laughs> having your finger poked and like injecting in your arm than it is to get a blood draw from this part. I'm, like the crook of your arm. Yeah. I hate getting blood draws. So I hate those needles. I'm fine with the other ones.
0: Oh, I hate them all. <laughs> I just, even a finger, even the finger just, Oh, it makes me cringe. But, um, that's just me. And I know it's something I need to work on. I need to overcome, but, um, yeah. And I would overcome if I had to, but yeah, it's such a hard thing to overcome for, uh, having that, diabetes in your life. And the fact that you've just completely thrived in it is, is amazing. So kudos to you. And for those who are listening, uh, please reach out to Colleen if you have any interest in knowing more what she can do to help you. And I know that she can. She's amazing. And uh, Colleen, thank you for being on the show. I truly appreciate it. It's awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been awesome talking with you.
0: <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. So uh, and everyone who's listening, Be sure to go out there, live your life to the fullest, and go and unleash the greatness today, and we will talk to you all later. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me today, and I really appreciate you being here. And do me a favor, if you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite uh, platform that you listen to podcasts on, and also leave me a message or a comment or a review. I, I just really appreciate it. Also, why I've got you here if you are ready to take your life to the next level. I have a, an amazing program right now that's called Achievement Monthly. And this is a monthly program where you can come and learn every month from me, Adam Platt, achievement coach, and we're going to go li- I'm going to go live every month come on and help you get to that next level in life, that next level of success, that next level of achievement cuz you know up till now you've you've done so well and you've done all you can but sometimes you just need a little bit more help a little bit more to get you to that next level and that's what this program is really meant to be and so it's uh, designed to help you one learn what you need to do to get to that next level and two it's also meant so that you can uh, network with other people so we're gonna train For about an hour hour and 15 minutes and then we're going to break out in the group so that you can network with other people get to know them and connect with them so that they can help support you in your goals your dreams and create the life that you want so if you are interested in joining that program for only 39 dollars a month you can go and register at arise to connect.com achievement and i am so excited to see you there and to help you get to that next level in life because, man, that's where everything starts to go right and happen for you. So go again, register right now at 2 slash achievement, and I look forward to seeing you on the inside of that program and every month so that we can get you working towards that goal and that dream life that you want. Thanks, and have an amazing day. Go out and make your life what you want it to be.